and welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast, where we watch Blizzard like a happy puppy, excited that Blizzard just came back in and jumping up and licking it and dancing around and all that good stuff. Uh, I'm Matt Rossi. I'm your host. And with me this week are two equally excited co-hosts. They're even more excited. They're just going to lick Blizzard's face. They just won't stop. Blizzard can't get away. Uh, first up, he's just raring to go, Alex Zebart. I'm not a face licker. I'm just putting that out there. Oh, I don't lick really... faces. I just won't do it. I won't. If Alex were a dog, he'd be that dog that just kind of sits there and looks at you. No, Hi. man. I know. I already know I'm a good boy. I don't need your recognition. I'm not jumping in your lap. In other words, I'm a cat. Yes. <laughs> Alex would basically be a cat. We've now established this. Okay. What are you up to this week, Alex? Oh, Heroes of the Storm. Um, lots of Heroes of the Storm, as usual. We played it last week on the stream because of the For Azeroth event. And I also played a little bit with my girlfriend for the For Azeroth event. Basically, everybody wants a cat that is on fire, so I'm playing lots of Heroes of the Storm with people. Cool. You know, I'm going to actually talk about what I've been playing, because I've been playing something that has nothing to do with Blizzard, and so we won't get to talk about it on the show at all. I went back and started playing um, Dragon Age Origins again. Okay. And the reason I did that is because it's now playable on my console again, so the new console is now backwards compatible with it, so I'm like, yeah, on that. But the reason I'm playing it ultimately is real simple. I need to have a playthrough that goes all the way through and doesn't take Morgan's deal because I've never seen what happens if you don't. So I did that. Okay. So there you go. That's been th- that. And I've been running around on various characters doing the love rocket thing, whatever what love is in the air, killing that guy over and over again. Not for myself. Cause I could care less, but because my wife wanted them out. So I thought, you know, yeah. I had to not, not yeah. to uh, bully our other co-host out of the conversation, but I'm re- actually not looking forward to the next few weeks of gaming. Because next week, Horizon Zero Dawn comes out, which I've wanted to play since they announced it. Super excited about that. Uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild comes out like a week after that. And then, Is that going to be, like, that's just for the new console. That's just for the Switch, right? Uh, Switch and Wii U, I think. Oh, I might okay. be wrong about that. Um, and then shortly after that is Mass Effect Andromeda. It's like, I don't have the time to play all of these games and fit all of them in. I'm going to straight up just introduce Anne now because we just brought Please up Andromeda. Uh, Anne Stickney, what do you, since we just brought up Andromeda, you must already have it pre-ordered, right? I don't actually have it pre-ordered yet. Oh. I will. None of us do. I oh. will. I just haven't gotten around to it. <laughs> I, I don't pre-order things a lot unless there's a really, really good reason to do so. And I haven't really seen a good reason to do so for Andromeda. Yeah, pretty much. Anyway, I mean, it's, it's digital. It's not going to run out. I, I, for the record, I what have you feel like, this week, by the way, uh, for the record, I feel like I have to state that the only blizzards that I would actually like lick are the ones that come from Dairy Queen. So there's that. Um. Oh, you have Dairy Queen there. Yeah. Oh, they have Dairy Queen here. I thought it was a Canadian thing. No. No, no, no. No, Dairy you go Queen down to right. Texas and I think it's like Texas law or something that there has to be a Dairy Queen like every other block or something. They're when all lived, over down here. When I lived in Rhode Island, there weren't any. I don't know if there are now. but Oh, well, there's like, I think there's one or two in town, something like that. But anyway. Um, we don't have a lot of them here because uh, my city slash state hates ice cream and prefers frozen custard. So if you have ice cream, you got to leave. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, um, I'm back. I was gone last week. Well, I wasn't gone. I was here in the wings, silent, without a voice. And I'm back, and my voice is back now. Um, I've been up to all kinds of things, actually, in-game. Um, I've been studiously collecting the Falcosaur mounts, which are great, because they're feathered raptors, and those are really neat. Uh, I have 
three of the four now because they just opened the new wing of LFR, which we can talk about on the show or well in the news section. Anyway, um, the fourth one, for some reason, the, the sharp talon, I think it's a sharp talon. I want to say it's a sharp talon. I could be wrong. It's the one in Valshara. Uh, for whatever reason, I can't get that one to show up. Because here's what happens with these Falcosaurs, right? And I don't know. Ha- have either of you guys played with this at all? No, my wife's collecting them. I'm not. Okay. I'm not. I don't collect pets, so it's not appealing to me at all. It's not. It's not a. Well, it's a combination pet, it's but pet then you get mount. a mount at the end of it, right? Yeah, I don't collect pets or mounts. That's okay. the thing. Well, I do. Anyway, so what happens is you have to kill the matriarch in the particular area, and you kill the matriarch and destroy the matriarch's nest, and then you wander to an area and you find a little orphaned falcosaur that you pick up, and he becomes your pet, and he gives you a series of quests, which is great. Because it's, you know, quests to do, things to do. It's kind of fun. And by the end of it all, you go back and you rescue one of the other falcosaurs. And then they decide that you get to ride them around. And yeah, you have a falcosaur mount. I don't know. They're really cute. The storyline is really cute. But the Sharp Talon one in Valshara, for some reason, I don't know how many times I've killed that matriarch. I can never find the orphaned little dude. It just says that I haven't done the right thing, even though I've done the right thing. Um, so I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know if I'm going to get the fourth one. But I did that. I did, let's see. Oh, I got the ghost moose from archaeology. Yeah, my wife's got that. That's really kind of neat looking mount. But... It's a neat looking mount. It just took several hours worth of farming archaeology sites to get all yeah. the pieces for it. But it was really straightforward. My wife was doing it, and she said that sometimes like a, a, a site would only give her one bone. Yeah. And a couple times they didn't give her any. Yeah. And that was really annoying. But she eventually got it done. Yeah. it. Uh, I think I appreciate the ghost moose because it's very straightforward. You go and you get the archaeology thing from Dalaran. And they send you out to High Mountain. And you talk to the gal in High Mountain. And she says, hey, that's part of Etro's skeleton. You need to go collect all these pieces. And you have to collect 600 pieces. That's it. That's all. There's no other. You don't have to go do any dungeons or anything. You don't have to go do any raid stuff. You don't have to go look at something for Bran Bronzebeard. You just go dig up sites. So and, you have to collect 600 bones scattered throughout High Mountain. Yep. Did this moose get hit by a nuke? Um, apparently. Because... It was a very violent death that it yeah, experienced. It must have been. And it's so grateful that you've returned all of its bones to the appropriate place that it's decided that you can ride it around even though it's a ghost. Because that's just how these things work. Fair enough. Yeah, you don't fall right through it, which is weird, but there you go. Yeah, but that's well, okay. It's not, it's not our first time riding, riding ghosts, I don't think. We've ridden ghosts no, before. Spectral and ghost mounts have been in the game. I have, a, I have like, I've got a spectral horse and a spectral griffin and a spectral wyvern and a spectral tiger. Wasn't, wasn't I mean, there a, a ghost Talbuk toy in Warlords 2 that you could like only use in one zone so it was a piece of junk? Yes. The one where it was like, summon this mount. It goes really, really fast. And it's basically you summon it and it goes zoop and... Yeah. Uh, if those don't go in my toy box, I just throw them away. It's like, great, I can go really fast for 10 seconds once every hour in this one zone. Yeah, I don't, I don't really like, I don't really um, I'm gonna keep those something. either. I'm going to admit something that I haven't admitted since we got done with Warlords. I had a character, I had like two or three warriors I was playing pretty hardcore in, in Warlords. One of them I didn't level just because I'd have to clean his bags from all the junk I ended up picking up in Draenor. 
that's like that. That's like, you know, only works in this one zone, only does this one thing. I, I've literally just left him at level 100 because I don't want to deal with him. It's like, I got other warriors I can level. You can just stay in your garrison forever. Yeah, <laughs> make you type the word delete over and over again. Ser- yes. That. If, if it would just let me take the stuff and delete it, if I could just take it, put it on my bag and click a button, that's annoying because I have to do it like 30 times. Right. But I do it. But do that and then click delete every time. No, I have to type the word delete every time I want to delete one of these things. No, fine. He can just sit I- in his garrison. I get why they do that, because they don't want people accidentally throwing away their, like, epic loot or whatever, but still. It's something like a feather that allows you to fly in one zone for, like, 20 seconds. Go ahead. Vaiku says that there is an add-on that fills in the delete word automatically. I feel like I need to find this add-on now. I feel like installing the add-on would be just as much trouble as typing delete, like, 30 times. (laughs) Well, usually what I do is I just copy the word delete and then i'll just hit control v pop even back that's in there too much work that's even that's an extra step for me you know it is it is but that guy um, can just sit in his garrison and be retired like who is a... saying that it's called laris easy delete or something like that yeah I, I think people underestimate the depths of our laziness on <laughs> for me it's honestly partially it's laziness and partially the fact that i came up with a good story for that character and he is a draenei and i feel like if you were a Draenei and you got done with Dran- Warlords of Draenor, you might be real tempted to just stay. And not type. Like, that paladin in Draenor would not want to type delete 300 times. No, <laughs> he couldn't be bothered. He After be defeating bothered. the Iron Horde, they could not be bothered. Are you kidding? He's tired. He just wants to take a nap. We have to go back <laughs> and do what? What invaded? I'm just staying here. It's 30 years away from here. I'm just going to stay here. You guys go take it. I'm just I'll, I'll hold the fort. My garrison here has got people in it. They're staying here too, apparently. They don't want to go back. We're all just going to hang here. What was the name of the, the the alliance? The one that did all your like stuff in your garrison? The the female from Gilneas, the woman? Lieutenant uh, Thorne. Thank you. Yeah, I want to see her come back. I like yeah, her. Yeah, I but liked I, her I, too. We have utterly not talked about anything important. So. We no, haven't. Yeah. This has been a very long introduction, so we should probably talk about new stuff, yeah? Uh, I guess since we mentioned it already, since Alex mentioned it, uh, for Azeroth, you got another week or so to do that if you haven't done it already. Uh, basically, we did it on the leveling stream last week, so you can go watch the increasingly poorly named leveling stream. Uh, yeah, we haven't can, leveled anything in a while. <laughs> yeah, if you can go watch. Uh, we actually were leveling last That's week. Cause, you know, for Azeroth required many of us to play characters who hadn't gotten any XP. Um, so yeah, there's, we were doing it. You can watch how we did it and do it better if you want. But if you don't know what it is, basically you have to play heroes of the storm with a friend. Um, you can do any kind of match. You can be versus AI or whatever. It just says you and a friend. And if you want to get credit for the quest, but you need to be playing a Warcraft character and your friend needs to be playing a Warcraft character. Um, if you were playing with three friends and one of your friends wasn't playing a Warcraft character, he wouldn't get any credit. But if, one of you, if two of you were, those two would get credit. As long as you're playing a Warcraft character, you're good, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Your friends don't need to be playing one, but if you want to get quest credit, you do have to be playing one. So you could just play a normal Heroes game, and if you were, as long as you were playing with some friends, and they had, oh, if if you were on a Warcraft character, you'd be okay. Needless well, yeah. to say, we were really terrible at it. It was pretty fun. <laughs> Alex kept getting play of the game. Alex was like... Well, like, yeah, him between him well, and Mitch. Him and Mitch actually knew what they were doing. Yeah. So did Liz. Liz knew. MVP. Liz Heroes was off soloing have... with Brightwing, and I'm like just randomly yeah. walking into enemy territory. Heroes doesn't have play of the game, but MVP, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Six to one, doesn't it? I think I've got the hang of it now, though. We're going to continue that this week, correct? 
to try yeah at least to get everybody the request done it's not okay. like our forever thing but no we're just doing this so that we can have fire cats in world of warcraft that's the only reason and i can have a fire horse in heroes yes um the Boojum says, and he's correct, and I should point this out. If you want that ghost moose from archaeology, you have another week to get it. Um, it was a two-week quest, so you can go pick it up in Dalaran and go do it now. You have to farm 600 bones to get it, but it only takes a few hours. Yeah, we should have mentioned that. You're right. So mm-hmm. thank you very much, person who said that. What was the name? The Boojum. The Boojum. That yes. sounds like I'm going to be haunted by that person until such time as we pull the person's mask off and it turns out it was Professor H. Smith from down the street. But Professor Hyde White. Yeah, sorry, Professor Hyde White. Yeah. Sorry, but you can't say that because now I'm thinking of the actor from Frasier. <laughs> that's David Hyde Pierce. Yeah, that's not the same person at all. I'm pretty sure that he wasn't hiding in a barn with a mask on, scaring children. But um, uh, also this week, um, I, I, we should probably mention this because it was a pretty big deal, but... Uh, there was a lot of talk about artifact power, wasn't it? Watcher, I believe, was talking about artifact power. Um, he did a whole thing about looking back at it and talking about what was going to be happening going forward. So I'm gonna hope one of you two actually got to read what he said because I didn't. Uh, so can either of you talk about that? Anyone? I'm sorry, I was trying to Google how many bones a moose has, but I can't find a quick answer. <laughs> um, I read the artifact power post. It kind of seemed like a conversation that we've had already many times this expansion you know they intended it for to be you know max level progression uh and and it was but for certain types of players it was a little too onerous and i think they're rebalancing some things about like your final traits how quickly you get those well now that they're putting in like one of the things in 7.2 is that they're putting in actual traits instead of just okay you got to 34 now just put points into this one that makes you do more damage you get another percentage point in your i'm doing more damage not even like half of one Mm -hmm. you know every point you get half a percentage point. it was that last 20 points is really not at all compelling i don't it's just it's yeah I, i i ground 14 million artifact power now i have an extra half point of on my damage thing that that's great I don't know what they were thinking with that. So they're adding new traits, and hopefully it'll be more interesting and more involved. But in the end, I've always said this about artifact power and, and artifact traits. They're not really compelling because there's no actual choice to them. You in the, in the end, you get all of them. Yeah. So the only real choice is which ones do I choose to get first? What, and... for the, just for the initial artifact weapon? Yeah. Because yeah. you ultimately get all of your artifact traits. There's not. It's not like. Well, I it go, was sort of like the. This. It was sort of like the Draenor perks from last year. What well, last year? From last expansion. Um, as you were leveling, occasionally you level and you'd get one of the little perks that were specific. It was like a Draenor perk, and how you, which one you got was completely random. But by the time you hit level 100, you had all of them. Those were at least those weren't interesting, but neither were they particularly hard to do because you just got them. You, you just to... got them as you were leveling. It was just, it was just a little an... perk. Yeah. Whereas for for me, artifact power and artifact traits, it doesn't. There's not a lot of gameplay to this. It's not like you make a choice. You just get what you get, and it's just down to which ones did you choose while you were leveling up. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what I'm. What I would suggest. It's instead. like a talent tree for your weapon. That doesn't make it really compelling. It's just a talent tree for your weapon. Even with talent trees, you pick things and you don't get everything. You know what I mean? Like back in the old days of like 31.515 and 31.20 builds, you didn't go all the way down a tree. Like you went to like the 31 point talent and then you went somewhere else. Uh, And you didn't take everything. Unless it was vanilla, in which case you went all the way down the tree. 
Well, no, even then, like I could have put, I could easily have put 50 points in arms back in the day, but no one did. You oh stopped. yeah, no, you just put in like yeah. the minimum to get the last talent in there, and then you put you, the other ones in something else. You yes, you pick stuff that would be like you know this. And, they, and there were talents that were just you know spend five points get five percent extra damage. Th- those talents existed, uh, and they were boring. They but were all picked, over the place. Yeah, you took them because you know why wouldn't you? You take took them? them because you had to get to the thirty-one points that you could get the innervate spell so that you could cast it on other people besides yourself. Well, I didn't obviously because I know, played it through it so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not really opposed to, you know, that kind of progression system where you gain power just by doing things, which is kind of what artifact power was. Like you just got rewarded progression just by participating in content. The real problem came in at the high end rating when they're like, we have to grind out all these traits as soon as possible to get an edge in like the world first race or whatever, you know? And also and because there was like disparity up. within raiding guilds where like, you know, one member or one group of people has everything maxed out. So they're doing substantially more damage or healing or whatever than the other people who may not have had the time to, you know, dump into grinding all of that artifact power. It's what led to the, the big discussion and debate about mythics because you ended up with the people who had the time to run mythics a lot to, yeah. to get as much artifact power as possible in between raids versus the people who just didn't like, you know, I can make the raids. I, I'm prepared for raids. I've got flasks and everything, but I can't log on every night and run five mythics. I can't maximize my artifact power that way. I, I can't get as much artifact power as possible. Um, and, you know, artifact knowledge kind of contributed to it too although artifact knowledge was supposed to be a catch-up mechanism there's a lot of depth and nuance to the arguments back and forth about artifact power so i'm not gonna there's no way we can capture it all in this amount of time they are making adjustments for 7.2 though and one of the things that they're doing is they are um they're adding a significant amount how much that is don't know of artifact power to the weekly mythic keystone cash that you get um and they're also kind of normalizing the amount of artifact power you get by doing repeated runs. Cause there was a point in time where people were just running Maw of souls over and over and over and again, because it, it's a, it's a fast, it's a fast short, run, right? Yeah, it's, um, it's short. You can get in and out. Quickly. It's short. So you can run it repeated times and get that artifact power and just stockpile it. So the people that had the time to invest in doing that, just doing Maw over and over and over again, they progressed really quickly. The people that didn't have the time to sink into it, not so much. So there was like, there was a disparity there. And I mean, when Watcher was talking about it, it's a really interesting conversation. It's it's a fairly lengthy read, but he goes over everything in detail and talks about what they were happy with and what they weren't happy with. And there were some things that they really weren't happy with. Yeah, and it's, it's another one of those things where I feel like it only really breaks down at that high level of rating. Like for everybody else... It's like, whatever, I, I either get my AP or I don't. But at that very high level of rating, when everybody's trying to squeak out like that last 0.01% of DPS, that's when the system... Everybody wants to be bleeding edge, bleeding edge, super maxed out. Yeah, and only with those players does the system really fall apart. But for everybody else, I think it was like, whatever. Okay, yeah, I think it'll fine. be... I think it'll be whatever in seven two as well for those players, so it's not really a problem right. one way or the other. No. One of the things, but the thing I like is that since we'll have new traits, at least instead of it just being a flat, you know, 0.5 percent extra damage as you sink points into this kind of trait that you don't even know about until you max everything else out, it'll be other traits that do things, and I like that better 
than just flat damage. I'm always going to like, okay, this buffs this ability versus you just get 0.5% more. I don't know yeah. why I'm like that, but I, I just find it more interesting. Yeah, I mean, that stacking trait, I mean, it seemed, I don't know, maybe it was obvious to just to, to me, I, I don't know, but it seemed obvious that, that was just like a delay tactic. Like, oh, what do we have players do when they fill out their artifact? Oh, we'll just give them this throwaway trait that they have to grind forever. Yeah, yep. obviously. Because MMOs, and we have to give them something to grind forever. Well, I don't know if it's necessarily... I, was that the tactic they were going, or were they going that tactic just, just as a, well, okay, you're still going to be getting artifact power as rewards from, like, world quests and things like that, so here's a talent you could just dump that into. I feel like it was a delaying tactic because they knew they wanted to put stuff in 7.2 to spend points on. Maybe. But they weren't going to have those things in the game for a while, and we're going to be playing, so... But, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, it's a fascinating conversation. Watcher's really good at explaining things. And and he's really good at... That sounds so lame. He's really good at explaining things. He's good at laying it all out there. Like, what they were thinking when they were making particular design decisions. And I really appreciate that about him in particular. Yeah, it's nice to see that back after several years of not mm-hmm. having it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess at this point we can move on to some emails. But wait, first, wait, well, wait. There was what? one, there was another news thing that just okay. came out today, like this what? afternoon. What? Hit, hit us. What? Tell what is us. it? Oh, Overwatch. There was an Overwatch uh, release that was like, it was a, an interview, but it's sort of an in-character interview thing that may or may not be hinting at a new hero that's coming to Overwatch. Um, it was an interview with an 11-year-old named... Effie, and I don't know how to pronounce this last name, Ola, Oladeli, maybe? Oladel? Something like that? I don't know. Anyway, so she's apparently, she's this super genius 11-year-old who got the Ottawa Foundation's prestigious genius grant, and apparently what she specializes in is robotics and AI development. Um, so they had like this quick little, oh, here's an interview with this person that won this award. Every time they release these little lore tidbits on the website, it's usually a hint that something is coming. Whether that's a new hero or a new map or a new whatever, there's usually something in there. So a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, we're going to have an 11-year-old Overwatch hero? I don't think that's going to be the case. But I do know that there were several little things that she dropped when she was giving this interview here that kind of indicate that maybe... She's going to build a robot that might be a hero? I don't know. Um, yeah, but... it definitely can't be her. Because um, if it was her as a hero, they would have to make her immortal. Because uh, killing children in a video game is a very big ratings no-no. That's a, that's a no. That's a, that's a no. You probably don't want to do that. So unless she's like remote operating something and isn't actually on the map anywhere. Yeah. I, I don't think that's going to be the case. But she, she very specifically said, because... In that interview, she said that her dream is to build something that can keep us safe, like the new OR-15, whatever that is. Sounds we don't like know what gun. the OR-15s are. That's how, like, <laughs> guns are, are shortened, but I'm sure it's like a robot or something. Yeah, I think it's a robot, though, because, like I said, she's, you know, a robotics and an AI, artificial intelligence, ex- intelligence expert. So that kind of indicates that maybe she's working on something. They also asked her what she was going to do with this grant. And she said, Oh, I have an idea, but she didn't actually like say specifically. And then she said, it's a secret for now. And that her parents were going to take her on a trip to celebrate somewhere. And it was going to be her first time on an airplane. And that's where it left. So there's something that they're hinting towards here. 
I know that a lot of people were really invested in the idea of Doomfist being the next hero, but I also know that Kaplan pointed out, like directly pointed out on one of the threads that the next Overwatch hero was not going to be who we were expecting. And everybody was expecting Doomfist. So I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. My money's on a gigantic robot. Really, I'm really hoping a one. robot. No, I'm, robot I'm like talking something. like, you know, the robot that like actually picks people up in the Russian factory. Yeah. I want a robot that could pick that Russian, that robot up. <laughs> um, that might have some game balance problems. Yeah, because you'd be fighting with a foot, basically. <laughs> it's just like, thunk. <laughs> I, th- I think their heroes have to fit in the map. Yeah. Ooh, the robot she builds could be the map. Oh, no. <sighs> anyway. Inside a robot on its back. Anyway, so you got plates to lift so you can. Oh, never mind. That came out this afternoon, and you can see the interview and all of that on the official Overwatch website. It's available for reading there and for dissecting, which I'm sure a lot of people are already doing. And if you enjoy our show and Rossi's terrible ideas about game balance, consider checking out Degusta Box at BlizzardWatch.com/Degusta Box. It's like a subscription service where every month you get a selection of random foodstuffs that are often either new to market or just niche things you might have never tried before uh in february's box i got the few of the items i liked was they had nando's hot sauce which i can't find in stores anywhere in the u.s it's the hot sauce i guess from that nando's restaurant which i guess is like south african and in england there's that meme about it that i cheeky nando's yeah i guess it's from there it's really good hot sauce and they sent it to me once before they sent me the mild version before and i got the hot version it's delicious like it's amazing i love that hot sauce uh, there was Slendier Noodles. Have you heard of Slendier Noodles? No. Uh, you know Spaghetti Squash, where like you can kind of scoop it out and it turns into weird noodles? Yeah. Slendier Noodles are like a vegetable noodle. Like, there's meant to be a replacement for noodles. Okay. They're kind of weird, but also kind of good. Yeah. There's like a box of vegetable noodles, and it was like 10 calories for the whole box, which seemed bizarre, but it was good. Are they like zucchini noodles, or...? No, they like they just looked like regular noodles, but they they were obviously not made out of wheat. Because like you can get had... the green ones at the store, and I yeah, get those like, every now and had, again. This had like no wheat in it at all. It was yeah. just like vegetable. It's <laughs> like a gluten free noodle, basically. Yeah, something like that. Okay. And uh, roasted coconuts, like that, was nothing like I, dried coconut. I imagine the stuff you use on like in cooking, where it's kind of leathery. Except this wasn't leathery. Like, it was actual, like, crunchy coconut chips yeah. that were amazing. And I didn't know such a thing existed. So, with Dick Used to Box, I just discover, like, really cool stuff. I don't like everything they send me, but it's fine because I've never tried it before. And, like, I learn about this stuff. Anyway, it's cool. Blizzardwatch.com slash Uh Sign up. It's a monthly subscription thing. You will just get random food to try. And it's pretty fun. All righty. Well, thank you for that, Alex. Um as always, if you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com and put Blizzard Watch in the subject. That way we know it's for this show and not for the other show. Uh, if you can, keep them short if at all possible. People are trying, and we appreciate that since Anne has to read these things, and that means the shorter they are, the faster we can get through them and start telling you stuff about what you just asked us. Um, so anyway, Anne? Okay, first email is from Hagu from Airy Peak U.S., Who's a 2007 paladin named after the paladin in the TV show Have Gun Will Travel, listener from the before times and proud Patreon supporter. Thank you. Uh, who says, following up on last week's Shadow Priest pre-show, in my opinion, Shadow Priests are priests because before Artifact Power Legendaries, all healers needed a DPS spec. Twitter size question. Your thoughts, experiences on world questing as a healer. Due to future ex-friends... 
Future ex-friends. Future ex-friends. My main went from a beast mastery hunter to a holy priest. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Hagu. Yeah, they, anyway, do, they did not like you, Hagu. I don't know. Says, I so dread the 7.2 grind. I don't do five-person content and LFR is worthless, so I'm left with world quests and bosses for bad but not completely awful gear, 860 to 870. I am 2100 to 2500 on the world quest account-wide achievement. Dang, Hagu. He says, my weapon is only 9 of 65 million AP to max and will be further behind in 7.2, so I don't want to split AP and legendaries and relics across multiple specs. I wish questing as heals were less frustrating. Can you convincingly lie to me and tell me it will be okay? Thanks for everything. P.S. As a long-time listener, I picture Raz and the Kraken are sharing a room in a nursing home with a well-worn vinyl of Springsteen's Glory Days. That reference is before my time. Raz yeah, and the Kraken? I, I got it. I did. I totally got it. A- anyway, um, um, I, so I have a good liar, but I'm not that good. Okay, so I actually have a pre-study level as an alt, not my main. Um, I think people are far too afraid to put some artifact power into a secondary artifact. The way artifact knowledge works, you can get, like, if you're at artifact knowledge, like, 25 or whatever, if you've been at this character long enough, putting just a few good AP items into your old, into another artifact, it's going to get you a ton of traits. You don't need to max out that weapon. Like, if a, a single artifact power item on your main artifact is only going to give you like 120th of a trait it's probably going to get you like 20 traits on a brand new artifact maybe not 20 but a lot it's so it's kind of ridiculous i can actually speak to this as somebody who actually did this on my death knight um when i got my ap to 25 uh the first thing i did was i had the frost remember i got the frost in appearance Yes. That yes. we did that time. I had never, I hadn't put a single point into that weapon. So I figured I'll put some points into it. What the heck? Um, I went and did that. And I seriously, like I used three of the ones. They they, they ended up being like 125,000 artifact power with my multiplier. The, the, the things you get just from doing world quests. Yeah. And that, that was enough for eight traits, like eight trait yeah. levels. So and you can here's get a handful of traits pretty quick on the when, secondary artifact. When you do that, the thing to do is to remember to check your what your your loot specialization is and select the spec you want to be getting legendaries for. If you you're like I want to get legendaries for my holy spec because I guess you heal raids or something, just click it to holy and then go quest in shadow and you'll be fine. You will if you get a legendary, it will be for your holy spec. I know this Even, because I screwed up. I, I did it. I had my loot specialization set to prot because instead of setting it to current specialization, I had it set to prot when I was in prot. And then I switched back to fury and I got a legendary that was for my prot spec. So I know that's what it does. And I, I don't know, like my priest is my ult, so I don't know enough about relatively what he, what specs do however much DPS. I know shadow is the DPS spec, but I don't like shadow anymore. So when I'm questing on that alt. I do it discipline. I don't know if discipline's DPS is higher than holy. I just do it discipline. And I don't really have any problems with world it quests. Works. It's a little it's a little bit slower than if I was on like a pure DPS class, but it's not like painfully bad. Uh, it's it's really not that bad at all. So if you don't want to do it on holy, try discipline. And if you just use like one or two artifact knowledge 25 items on it, you're going to get a handful of traits and it's not really going to put you that far behind on your main weapon. 
Yeah, it'll be a bubble. It's like, yeah, it's like a 20th of a trait on your holy I, artifact will be a bunch of traits on your discipline artifact. I'm like at 40 now on my main. My main's like his, his artifact is at artifact power 40, like whatever the level is. It's at 40. Like I have that many, that many traits. So I've got like 14 or so to go. Uh, I can burn through, like, if I have all, if I have three emissaries up in a day, let's say, and I go and do every artifact power quest I can, including the big ones, the ones that, you know, like that give like 125,000 or whatever, I can go and use all of them and I get maybe half a level, maybe. It gets, it's a lot. Once you start getting up to the higher levels, it is a lot of artifact power. There's a reason people were just grinding mythics over and over again. Because it is a ridiculous amount of artifact power to get like a level at once you get up to a certain point, even with your artifact knowledge maxed. Hi, Goo. I'm going to tell you, it's all going to be okay. And you really shouldn't worry about it that much. Huskies in the chat channel agrees with me. Husky says that they main holy and that the damage is insane and they have absolutely no problems world questing or whatever. So I don't think that particularly, you know... If you're playing a raider or something like that and you've got the gear, you're really going to have too much problem in 7-2. Um, One thing I but know... Even if you do, even if you do, you really don't need every trait in a discipline weapon and you don't need every trait in a shadow weapon to be effective at doing, you know, DPS and world quests or anything like that. You can take one of those items that you get from a world quest, one of the ones that gives you like 120k artifact power or whatever, slap that on your weapon. It'll give you like half of your tree or whatever and you're good to go you don't have to worry about maxing that thing out because it's just going to be for that yeah one thing i know about holy and i don't know if it's been nerfed since but when i first started playing that all holy nova was ridiculous yeah it is it I absolutely don't know if they is it. like i would just pull a bunch of like not even like wimpy mobs just a bunch of legit quest mobs and i would holy nova them down faster than i could smite one of them down I don't know if that's been changed, but it was ridiculous. If your life is nothing but Holy Nova spam, that's fine. You'll finish your quests. Huskies in chat says it did get nerfed, but it's still good. It's so. still good. You'll be okay. It's all right. So hopefully that was re reassuring for you. Um, our next email is from Elemente, who's the Orc Hello, Shaman. Elemente. Elemente, who says, Thromka watchers. Is there any reason why WoW must have this much killing in it? Would you prefer it if some sort of a defeat your enemy mechanic was used more often. For example, there's absolutely no reason why pet battles should be fought to the death. Is defeating virtual enemies without killing them inherently less satisfying? Elemente. Yes. Uh, okay, Satan. <laughs> um, I have spoken. This is my answer. Uh, for, for pet battles specifically, I just interpret it like how Pokemon works, is that you don't kill the other Pokemon, and your Pokemon don't die, they just get knocked out. Which, um, I mean, repeat concussions is pretty bad, but they're not dying. It's just like shorthand that they fall well, over. The pet battle, if you go do a pet battle in the world, like if you go to one of the pet battle people, I don't know what they call trainers, I guess, and you fight their pets, at the end of the day, they're still, they've still got their pets. And if your pets lose a match and get killed, you still have them. You just put a Band-Aid on them and they're yeah, better. So assume that they're fine. In terms of other stuff in the game, though, there's relatively few times have I been upset at something getting killed. And usually that's because somebody else got to kill it instead of me. Like, I wanted to kill Garage. I had reasons to kill Garage. I, I was quite irritated with Garage. I even had a fight in a raid against Garage, and then the sucker didn't die. So when somebody else canonically killed Garage, I was irritated. 
that that was my kill. I'd earned it. So for me, I don't want like I, I almost feel like I want characters to get killed and stay dead and not be not dead, not killed because then they just come back and you end up having to kill them later. And like with Kael'thas, where I, I ended up killing him and then he escaped and somehow survived and then I ended up killing him again. I was like, now he just looks horrible. And now it's like a mercy killing. This isn't what I wanted. I wanted this to be an outright kill or just flame out, let him escape and then don't let me have another fight with him. I would have been fine with that. But I don't like I don't like the idea of them just escaping to fight another day because then they fight another day. That's kind yeah. of I think if, if this question was about video games in general, I would say I would love for there to be more games that aren't just about killing people. Uh, there are some examples. There should be a whole lot more of them. Killing people shouldn't be the one thing we do in video games. But at the same time, I think it's fine to have some games where that is a thing. And I mean, wow, is we kill things. We, we kill pigs. We kill wolves. We kill orcs. Unless you're Randy. Elves. Unless you're Randy. Who is Randy? Randy's a gnome. And um, can I advertise a YouTube show? Is that okay? I, I guess. Can I, I show? Okay, Randy. Randy. Oh, I. Okay. From it just Peacecraft. From Peacecraft. Polygon is doing a series called Peacecraft, and there's Randy the gnome, and he runs around and he doesn't kill anything. He's just ripping off that ogre. He blows kisses to everybody he meets, and he's trying to spread the message of joy and love and peace and i love randy and i love that show and yeah if you haven't watched it you should go watch it that just reminds me of that ogre from the blasted lands who wouldn't wouldn't kill let you kill the spiders and even jumped on them to save them yeah i don't think randy mostly the spiders jump on him a lot um also the show's probably not the most um family friendly show because needless to say randy and his trek across azeroth is he gets killed a lot (laughs) he doesn't kill anything but he gets killed a lot he does, however, participate in pet battles. So, um, for the question, I mean, WoW is a game where we kill stuff, and I think adding mechanics to not kill stuff would just be more complicated than necessary. Like, okay, so if I fight an orc and then it has to play an animation where like he submits and then runs off over to the horizon, like, does it really change anything? Might as well just let me push him over and then loot him. Yeah. But in the games industry as a whole, yeah, bring on more games where you don't kill stuff. But wow, well, I mean, it, you know, it, there's there's the Dishonored series where you can like trap someone in a prison of their own mind or like put lock them in a is chair. Is it Dishonored? Or... There's like several different like you can play the path where you kill everybody, or you can play the path yeah. where you don't do any of that. Exactly. Yeah. You can, like Dishonored, you could like instead of killing a dude, you lock him in his own chair that erases his memory, and he's like, "No, God, you don't know what you're doing." And then as you throw the switch that will erase his memory, you could turn and whisper to him, "Oh, but I do." I mean, <laughs> or, that's still pretty terrible. It's um, still pretty terrible, but it's not murder. But like, you're not killing other, him; you're just erasing everything that he I, was or I will ever be. Used, I would have used the example of Metal Gear Solid, where you can just like tranquilize your dart people or blow their brains out like if you don't yeah. want to kill people you don't have to you, you can totally use the boring them. example i mean there's another one in dishonored where like you can kill a guy or you can arrange to steal the only key into a safe room that he has and then I'm seal kidding. him in the safe room so that he'll be in there forever or, or i mean you're kind of using examples where killing people's preferable i was going for something yes, like exactly. peaceful well, there's Dishonored, seriously, though, Dishonored has the, the high chaos and low chaos thing where you've, like, if you murder your way through the game, you get the, the chaos ending where you murdered everyone through the game and that made things worse. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there's there's nuances to it. I don't think WoW could handle that. Like, if, if the canonical end of, like, an expansion was, well, since you guys killed all those things we put in front of you to kill, 
Uh, the world is even worse. Although that kind of is what happens in every WoW expansion. Like, look at, you know, the end of Mr. Pandaria where like, you know, yay, we planted one tree. Yeah, we have basically smashed our way through the universe. Yeah. Wherever we go, things turn out worse. It's kind of irritating, but that's okay. It is kind of. I, I still want an expansion where we just like fix stuff instead of break it for once. We go back and it's it's like World of Warcraft Earth Day. It's like oh, we eventually, plant trees. <laughs> eventually, our characters stuff. will stop and look around and realize everything's on fire, and maybe they should stop it from burning. Whoops! Down. Did we do that? Yeah, this, we probably did. This is fine. Uh oh, all right. Our next email is from Zam, who says, Dear Watchers, do you think that Blizzard is placing possibly too much emphasis on esports now? I can't remember the last fan art or creative writing contest, even though those were some of my favorite community events. Cheers, Zam. I don't think those things are connected. Uh, yeah, it's two different departments entirely, because they have an esports team that handles all the esports stuff, whereas the creative writing stuff is that that all falls under creative development. Um, and the creative development team... They have to have the manpower to run something like that and actually supervise something like that, particularly with the creative writing contest. They were getting wildly popular at the end there. Well, you open up a thing for a creative writing contest and you get 6,000 submissions and each submission is like a certain length. That's how many novels you have to read to establish which ones are good and then, you know, go through it and pick the ones you really like and then pick a winner. Um it takes a lot of time, and that's time that could be spent doing things for the actual video game. So, and there's also, I mean, if you just want to go like the cold business perspective, yeah. what's going to make the money? The creative what's... writing contest is not going to make the money. Running an right. esports tournament, yeah, that will. You, you you can't get sponsors for the creative writing contest. Mm -mm. You're not going to attract new players to your game because somebody wrote fan fiction. But if you have a big esports event with sponsors and people who have maybe never played might tune in or might just be surfing on Twitch and see something that lots of people are watching, they or might, might go, see oh, this something game on looks ESPN cool. and react angrily on Twitter about yeah. it. You know. <laughs> um, plus, plus, let's also point out that Blizzard has made games lately that are more esports friendly. Yeah. Like World of Warcraft isn't real. It's never going to be a big esports game. People they like tried. It's fun do... watching arenas, but yeah. Well, They'll do some arena stuff, and but it's never going to be the focus of the game. It's going to be no. something they do, you know, on the side. But Heroes and Overwatch, and even to some degree Hearthstone, those have baked-in esportsness to them. Like especially like Overwatch. I mean, come on, Overwatch is made to be watched while people, you know, perform, you know, at the peak of their ability, killing each other. That's it's perfect for it. And Heroes isn't very far behind. Um, these are games that you can actually do that with. Whereas I don't feel like I, I don't feel like you could really right now run a Heroes of the Storm creative writing contest that would make a whole heck of a lot of sense. I mean, I, I, I'm i already coming up with one as I say this, but nah, overall, and, I don't think... And you're, you're just never going to see the Overwatch creative writing contest sponsored by Microsoft, Samsung, and Logitech. That's not no, not going to happen. Not going to happen. So yeah, it's, you know, you kind of put your focus... It's a different team entirely, but like I said, with the creative, with the creative development team, they want to keep their focus on making the games good and and writing things for the game, rather than I need to read these ten thousand stories that have been submitted, and some of them are probably really really good, and some of them are probably not so good, but I have to read them all. Yeah, and yeah. it 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 almost assuredly depends on what. The actual, if creative development people on one of these games or community people wanted to hold a contest like that, yeah, I'm sure Blizzard would say, sure, if you want to 
you know, if you want to do that, have a blast. It's your responsibility. Um, but the same people doing that are not going to be the same people organizing esports tournaments. It's what these departments want to do. So, yeah, I don't think that they're really like putting too much emphasis on esports or anything. I think that it's just a matter of those contests haven't been popping up lately because there are other things to be focusing on, like making Legion and developing whatever the next expansion happens to be and developing new Overwatch heroes and developing whatever they're doing in Heroes of the Storm or Hearthstone or, you know, there's just there's not really a huge call for it. It's just it was something fun that they did for a while and they haven't done them in a while. Do I wish that they would do them again? Yeah, because I really liked doing the creative writing contest. I thought they were fun. But yeah, there's no return on it. There's really no return on it. Um, hopefully that answers your question. Our next email is from Braylon who says, uh, Braylon here of the Q Human Paladin, Nessingware US and proud Patreon supporter. After catching up on the podcast, I've been behind for a while. On one of the recent episodes, you were discussing Sylvanas' war chief, and that got me thinking. When her machinations inevitably catch up with her, unless she really has grown out of them, what do you think the possibility of Thrall's eventual return as war chief might be? My reasons for thinking this might be a possibility are manifold, and I won't elaborate them here for brevity's sake. Thank you. But I'm curious what you think of the possibility. Keep up the great work. Best, Braylon. Thrall sucked as war chief. <laughs> I don't Tell us how you really feel, Alex. <laughs> I don't think he would want that job back, and I don't know why people would want him to have that job back. He was pretty terrible. He was great at like uniting them at first, but then I think World of Warcraft showed that like every time he f- was faced with something complicated, he kind of fell apart. I don't know if I'd agree with the f- he fell apart thing, but I do think that it's pretty telling that when the guy you pick to temporarily take your place while you go off and commune with the elements is the worst possible choice, and everybody tells you that it's the worst possible choice, and you do it anyway... And it blows the heck up. And you don't even really try and come back and take back that job. Thrall is pretty clearly, I don't want this job no more. You know, I'm not going to talk about the meta narrative reason why I think it's unlikely, which is mainly, you know, we, we know why that is. But in terms of story, Thrall is kind of in a place right now where he needs to work on his own stuff. Um He went from the most powerful shaman in Azeroth to, this isn't a spoiler at this point, is it? I don't think so. Okay. Nah. He's basically lost the elements. They won't talk to him. Anymore. So he's went from the most powerful shaman, shaman in Azeroth to uh, now I'm just an orc who's good at hitting people. Okay, but I'm going to jump in here real quick and go, if there is any way for Thrall to come back as Warchief, that would be why. Because he had that responsibility and he was leading the horde. And what did he do? He made a big mistake. He put Garrosh in charge. And then he called on the elements to get rid of the problem. And they didn't like that. And they said, sorry, we're not going to talk to you anymore. So what would be the logical, how can he prove himself to the elements again? How can he reconnect with them? How can he reconnect with himself? Well, why not jump back into that leadership role that he just sort of tossed aside and gave up? Maybe he could be a shaman again at that point um do i think that he would do it i don't know honestly because he has the whole family thing going on and he's kind of dedicated to that whole thing so i'm gonna say too i think that to a certain degree thrall was an aberration in terms of how orcs do things oh absolutely orcs i mean for, he was an orc that... raised by humans with human sensibilities and human like yeah, but concepts I'm, of honor and things like that. It was all given about, to him by human beings. I'm not even talking about any of that, though. I'm talking about the simple fact that orcs, even before the blood, 
orcs had a very simple way of, of handling these sort of things. Yeah. You had a chieftain and you had an elder shaman and the two worked kind of hand in glove. Um, if you look at like, I mean, it, it's Christy Golden's book for the movie universe, but it does a really good job. The Duraton book does a really good job of showing you how the Duraton, shaman. Drek'thar. Yeah. Yeah. It, sh- it shows you the shaman chieftain routine. It, it shows you how it's supposed to go. Um, when he became war chief of the entire horde, he was taking an organization that was built by an, a warlock in the first place. I mean, that was that whole thing was Gul'dan's idea. So he was taking that institution and trying to redeem it. But by doing so, he put another shaman at the top of it because all Gul'dan was was a frustrated shaman. He was a shaman who didn't work out and became a warlock. He put a shaman at the top, and that's not how it's supposed to go. The shaman isn't supposed to lead. He's supposed to guide. I honestly feel like what the horde needs is for Thrall to get his act together and be a good shaman again somebody else to be war chief and the two of them to work together or perhaps Thrall could just be the leader and we could get a new shaman that'd be fine too but i honestly feel like the whole way orcs do things has been the, the apple cart's been upset for so long that they keep being wildly out of balance they keep veering off in weird directions like we're gonna be super militaristic no we're gonna try and get along with everybody no we're gonna be militaristic again guys find some balance you know, and the rest of the horde at this point is probably pretty sick of the orcs bull in the first place. So maybe they wouldn't even want them. Yeah, there is that too. But yeah, I don't if I don't know why the horde would put up with the orcs anymore. <laughs> like you're you're not allowed to be in charge. You mess things up a lot. I mean, maybe if like Bane stepped up as war chief of everybody and had we all there some... in that advisory capacity. I think we need so unless I've missed some serious Legion stuff. I think Bane needs a personality first. He needs a personality. Well, he had a personality. The thing is, is like he had a pretty good personality back in the Shattering novel when he connected with Anduin and they were actually talking about stuff. Um, yeah, and but talking about the respective fathers and things, you got kind in, of a sense. In the video of who, game, in the video game, it doesn't really translate. Yeah. Well, I will say this for Bane, and this is there's no reason you guys should know this, mm-hmm. but I've leveled, I've torn sense kata and have leveled it from one to like say 25 yeah if you do that you do get to see bane's personality absolutely it's it's interesting um he's he's a lot more i won't say angrier but he's a lot more aggressive than his father and a lot more very much like you know first strike type guy like he doesn't wait to be hit he hits people well and i I mean part of that could have something to do with how his father met his demise absolutely and the whole grim totem dilemma as far as that goes but yeah it's an interesting bit when you do it and he sends you out and you, you see you get to see Bane more. He shows up and does some fighting, but then that's it in game for him. You don't he hasn't done anything in game since. I mean, he had there was a huge opportunity to have him be the Horde guy in High Mountain. Like they really could have broken it up so that you saw a little saw it differently from Horde and from Alliance. And you could have had like some Alliance character show up and be the Alliance one. And you could have had Bane be the High Mountain one. And it could have been like a very interesting story. And they just didn't. Or you could just had Bane do it for both factions. I mean, Taronda did it for both factions. You know, if you're Orc, you still work with Taronda, even though it's weird as heck. Um, so, yeah. sure, you know, Bane could have I mean, been there and it could have been interesting. So. I've seen so little out of Bane. He almost seems like they've used some of these names in WoW now. But like Warcraft 3, where there was like in the campaign, there was these specific characters who were these heroes. But in multiplayer, you made that hero, you got a name that was similar to the hero, but different. Like in multiplayer, you're you're playing not Toronto Whisperwind as your Priestess of the Moon. Bane Bloodhoof strikes me as not Cairn Bloodhoof. Like that's that to me, that's what he is. He's not <laughs> Cairn. 
Yeah, there's a certain amount of that, unfortunately, because you don't get to see much of him. Yeah, in the short stories and the novels, you kind of get more of a sense of his character, but I don't think it's really translated to game so much. I think that Bane has the potential to be a good leader, and I think he could be a good leader. And if Thrall wanted to come back in that sort of shaman advisory capacity, be the Drek'thar to Bane's Duratan, maybe that would work. Maybe that would strike some kind of balance. I don't know, though. Um, it's an interesting thought, and it was an interesting question, and hopefully you liked our thoughts on the possibility of that. Uh, our last email is from Greg Org, who says, Hello, Blizzard Watch Bunch. Greg Org here, warrior ha- hailing from Moonguard. Couple quick questions. First, I know you all have touched on the new race class combinations before, but after reading The Shattering, it seemed pretty apparent to me that most of the Grim Totem tribes were rogues. So would it be too crazy to hope that we get Tauren rogues in the game in the future? Second, do you guys have any idea what the next novel, WoW novel will be about? Thank you for all you guys do. You make the morning drive to work enjoyable and keep up the excellent work, Gregor. I think both Alex and I are at this point have stated just give everybody everything. <laughs> yeah, I don't really care. Like if I could... Like, I don't care what people can play. Like, if people want to have Torn Rogues, fine. But I can argue against them if I'm pushed to. And I think there's a line between this Torn is capable of poisoning somebody and this Torn can stealth while they're clip-clopping down a hallway. Like, ah. Okay, but to argue with that, though, I mean, you've also got the Rangari on Draenor. Yeah, And everybody was always like, well, no, Draenei can't be rogues because, look, there's a hose. Clip, clop, I'm stealthing behind you. No, the Rangari are really silent and they stealth and they do all of that stuff. So Yeah, it would depend on, like, framing it. Like, because the Rangari, I never saw them as rogues. They were, like, rangers. So they could be stealthy, like, in the forest because clip clopping doesn't happen on the grass, does Right, it? but you run into one in Gorgrond and they're totally stealthed. Yeah, so, like, if people want, like, again... If they want to add torn rogues to the game, go ahead. Like, if people are gonna have fun with that, have I a honestly blast. felt I felt like the Rangari were kind of a nod to the fact that originally, when we first saw Draenei ever in Warcraft, yeah, they were all yes. rogues, and they could, yeah. And I thought that was kind of a nod to, yes, they have this tradition, yes, they have this thing. It isn't just because you go was, to the ones that are out there in um, what Swamp of Sorrows. Yeah, the yeah, lost ones. The yeah, one, the one, the lost ones in Swamp of Sorrows. All of them could stealth which made questing through that place a very special kind of hell. But yeah, it was, they had that kind of rogue element to them and then they were never actually rogues. My problem with Torn rogues is just, it's a real simple one. Torn are huge. Torn are twice as big as, as a Draenei. Torn are really big. I have a hard time imagining, even if they're not clip clopping, let's say they have special soft pads for their hooves. So they don't make any noise on the floor or whatever. I just, it would not take a lot for a Torrin to make a floor creak. And I don't know. I, I, I'm not They're saying real big, real know. heavy. They could yeah. lean into the shadow magic thing. Like, they don't make noise because shadow magic, or they're invisible because of, like, an invisibility spell, or cloaked in or, shadows, or whatever. You do, in fact, see them, but you just don't want to, because that guy's got to weigh five, six hundred pounds. Because have you gotta... seen what a Torrin looks like in the Bloodfang mask? It's yeah. kind of scary. You don't want to look at it too closely. That dude's, like, got to weigh... Like, seriously... We're talking like an eight foot tall, gotta gotta weigh six, eight, maybe a thousand pounds easily. Um, I'm just gonna pretend he's not here and hope he doesn't stab me, cause cause uh, he's gonna stab me if I if I notice him. He'll stab me. He will. And the knife in a torn's hand has got to be the size of like a sword in anybody else's hand. It's like the size of an actual gnome. Like he has a gnome in his hand. It's like a gnome sized blade. So yeah, I don't know. Torn is rogues just. 
sure, go ahead and play them, but I'd I'd have a hard time um, like playing one myself. I would just feel ridiculous. <laughs> he has a gnome in his hand, but it's a blade. He's using gnomes as a symbol, you know, as a, a series of measurements. This sword I mean, is two gnomes tall. What if it was literally a gnome with like an warrior, angry gnome, a very warrior angry gnome. tier two hat on? <laughs> yeah, they're friends. They fight crime together. I don't know. I, I said they but that's like the one with the axe on it, isn't it? So would it yes. be an axe? Yes, it, wrath. It would be an axe. No, I, have... I said like the weapon. Since it's a gnome with an axe, would it be an axe? Yes, it would be a max. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and thank you for your question, Gregor. Wait, 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 do we get an answer to this other part? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, any idea of what the next WoW novel will be about? I don't think that they've hinted at anything yet. They haven't announced anything. The last, the last time they announced stuff was back in the big announcement of all those different books back around Christmas. Yeah. And a lot of that was like New StarCraft with Timothy Zahn and new other stuff. I don't New remember StarCraft, what... uh, Chronicle Volume 2, obviously is coming out next month. But other than that... Traveler, uh, which is out. Traveler, yeah. Other than that, an actual like WoW novel. Don't know. I believe that there were hints at something about Maiev, but and I may be just remembering things that I made up in my brain because I really want a Maiev book. <laughs> I don't recall anything about this. Yeah. I will say, um, there seems to be I don't know, maybe Medivh was a fluke, but um when Blizzard went into Medivh. They went hard into Medivh. Yep. Like every game got Medivh. And Hearthstone is adding Maiev, and Maiev is in Legion, so maybe we're going to see Maiev in more places. I don't know. Maybe maybe Medivh was a fluke, but it seems like Maiev might be the next She's Everywhere character. I would like to see, frankly, if we're going to see another WoW novel, I would like to see a Sylvanas book written by Christy Golden, like an actual Sylvanas Sylvanas focused on her because Christy Golden did a wonderful job with Sylvanas in War Crimes and I want to see more of that. Um but that's it, really. Honestly, the 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 uh the Illidan book made Maya a pretty interesting and conflicted character, so I'd be willing to see an actual Maya novel. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing a Maya novel, something that tied up what happened between the end of Wolfheart and Legion cuz that's a big blank area that could be sketched and filled in. And I'd like that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we, we haven't heard any announcements or anything like that. I'm pretty sure that they would throw some out there if they had anything to say. But as of yet, kind of silent on the issue. Uh, Chronicle Volume 2 is pretty much it. And that's not really a fiction book so much as it is like the historical type of stuff. Um, so, Thank you for the questions, Greg Org. And that pretty much wraps us up for emails, and it also wraps us up for the show. Uh, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your questions answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Ian. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. Again, if you have an email for the podcast, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with Blizzard Watch in the subject line so we know it's for us. Thank you guys very much for listening, and we will be here next week. 